Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. Next guest on the podcast is Gil Hernandez. Gil is a fishing guide in Southern California, both in freshwater and saltwater. During my interview, we talked about his guiding and fishing from a kayak in the ocean for calico bass and lobster. I love what he is doing for the sport of fishing by helping to educate new anglers. So let's get to it. Here's Gil Hernandez. Gil, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on my podcast, man. Um, excited to talk to you about all your world. Yes, it's a, it's a definitely uh, it's an adventure for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, for those who don't know you, who who is Gil Hernandez, and what do you do, and and what's your world like? Well, I first started back. Um, you know, my dad took me fishing as a kid, um, and growing up, didn't have a whole lot of uh, money like most families. You know, my yeah. I was I, I grew up in Whittier, so I was uh, a city kid, and my dad would try to get us around the lakes, and you know, the struggle was there for sure as far as the finances. So, I went fishing one time on a party boat in salt water, just blew my mind, and I just every day would talk as a kid about fishing, and then. With the hard times, we ended up moving to the high desert um, in the Victorville, Hesperia area, and um, there's a lot of lakes. And um, when I moved with my grandma, and she lived across the street from the aqueduct, and it's just a reservoir that runs down. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and so I would fish it, like, constantly. I never really caught anything, but I was just the expectation of catching something. It wasn't until in my, <laughs> my later years where I actually destroyed the aqueduct as far as fishing wise and <laughs> actually had a i have a 28 pound a 28 and a 23 striper out of there no way yeah out of the aqueduct um isn't that but, crazy you know, that fish that fish is just nuts man i mean it, oh yeah it's, how it's, it's all the it's, way down there oh man it's just we had a lake up up in our area through with lake and it's just the aqueduct ran into it and that was one of the lakes that my dad as a kid he would just drop me off and i would just walk and walk the lakes and and he'd Dropped me off in the morning and picked me up in the evening. And, um, you know, it was something that uh, I just enjoyed. And um, I was, I was trying, I just got back from Mammoth yesterday. I was, I was uh, hanging out with some folks up there and I was uh, with a product designer from Berkeley. We were working on a new bait, but I was telling these guys, these folks, that um, I would actually take string and I didn't have any tackle. So I would see the, you know, l- people get their lures stuck up in the tree. So I would just walk around the lake all day with the rope pulling tree limbs down um, cutting hooks and lures out oh no way and that's kind of how i got around and how i how i got lures and plastics and then um i would find magazines like people would give me magazines for fishing magazines i would just read uh, about fishing and and that's kind of how i got started um just kind of humble means right just and and then wherever i went i just i kind of figured it out i would just take people's brains and i would just um do that kind of thing and then i had an opportunity in 2007 to come on along a pro staff uh akuma and and it was the basically the deal was hey you uh you work behind a booth that shows and we'll give you credit towards equipment and i'm like well how do i lose right it's like i can't afford the equipment so if i work these hours i get this you know fancy equipment which i've never had before and that turned into fishing with the kayak team which um, saved my money, bought a paddle kayak, um, fished my first uh, freshwater trout tournament in that kayak, won the tournament um, with three fish. It was a three-fish tournament. I think I had like 18 pounds. Um, and well, the where, day was before, that, where was that at? That was, Ir- that was at Irvine Lake, which no oh, longer yeah. – Yeah, Irvine Lake. And um, it was the first kayak trout tournament. And the day before, I had 22 pounds with three fish on a pre-fish, and one of those fish was nine pounds. And um, people were making fun of me. They said, hey, man, lightning never strikes twice. And I ended up winning the next day. Um, and that turned into a relationship with Hobie um, Kayaks. And um, I actually got sponsored by Pure Water Sports. And um, 
which was Dana Point Jet Ski at the time. And they picked me up as a kayak pro. And then from there, um, man, I got hooked up with pure fishing. Uh, it was just like, it just seemed like from, from that point on, I was just um, fishing tournaments, kayak tournaments. And then in 2009, I won the Angler of the Year for the, which was the Plastic Navy Trail. It was like Long Beach, Huntington Harbor, San Diego Bay, um, different areas for spotted bay bass, calico bass, and sand bass. And I won England of the year in 2009. And that, it's just kind of like a, a chain of events that I had just been blessed to fall upon to. And once yeah. I got the England of the year in 2009, it just opened like every door possible. Bass Pro Shop, Ram Trucks. I mean, it just, it, it just seemed like um, a dream. You know that, uh, and then from there, you know, continue to fish tournaments, and um, and then people like yourself, like you said to me, they said, "Hey man, you're you're you can speak well in front of a camera," and then they, yeah. you know, I'm stuck in front of a camera, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's been um, my gig now. It's been um, fishing tournaments, doing educating folks on fishing, mm-hmm. all things fishing, and not just. Um, I, I would say my specialty is teaching kids like and folks the basics um, and being sponsored by Bass Pro, speaking there so much. Yeah. Uh, we speak to what's called the credit card fishermen, the guys that come in, they know nothing about fishing. They grab yeah. the wrong rod, the wrong reel, the ran- wrong tackle, and they go try to catch rainbow trout in the Sierras. And I'm there to say, hey, man, let's talk about the basics of fishing. Let's talk about the equipment. And so that's nice. kind of my journey. That's yeah. kind of my journey. Um, and I lobster, you know, I lobster. I'm with Promar, Ahi USA. I do uh, lobstering on the kayak. Um, I'm a licensed guide. Um, I'm an interesting guy. Uh, I had a, <laughs> I had a, yeah, I was at ICAST um, from Florida. And I don't know if you're at ICAST. Yeah. No, I wasn't there, but how was it this year? Oh, man, it was, it was great. It was my first year invited. Uh, a lot of work. Yeah. I met some of my heroes, man. Mike Iaconelli, Kevin nice. Van Dam, uh, uh, Scott Martin. I mean, Jordan Lee. I mean, they're all there. And I had meetings with Berkeley and Hobie Polar. All my sponsors I had meetings with. Mm-hmm. Uh, overwhelming presence of just professional people. Mm-hmm. And it's different from most trade shows. And the Promar guys were telling me, um, Ben, Steve, Joaquin, and Andy, they're like, hey, man, you're going to notice that this is not like your typical trade show. And it wasn't. And so uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I had a different job this year. So, like, I would um, do my video stuff with with uh, the team. You know, we're talking about our new baits and nets and stuff and lobster equipment. And then I would jam out at 3, and I would guide from, like, 3 to 9 on a boat. So, like, it was cool. We had a cool deal going. Like, instead of taking our, our clients to dinner – we would take them back to our lake house, feed them there, and take them fishing. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I took I took all the folks out fishing. And we were frog fishing, and then Florida's <laughs> crazy, man. Like the bass boil like bluefin tuna on the lake. It's just like the most random thing. Where what what lake was that? You know, it's a private lake. I don't oh, know the name bitching. of it. That's even but it was a better. private lake, and like they were telling me, like I was fishing the frog. And I wish I knew the lake off my hand, but it was fishing the frog on the lily pads, and then like oh, right around awesome. six. We would just park in the middle of the lake, and the shad would come up, and the bass would just boil. I mean, they just boil at the bow of the boat. It was just like saltwater fishing. It was just nuts. Oh, that's so fun. Isn't but that, yeah, I guess it was a blast. Isn't that amazing? Like, you know, you're, I'm going to go back a little ways to the beginning of your story, how your dad would drop you off, and, you know, you would end up, uh, you know, going around the lake, and, you know, you're you know, he took you fishing and all this kind of stuff and it just blossomed into, you know, what you're doing now. Isn't that cool? Oh man, it's amazing. You know, I, yeah. I, I think about it often and I try to do that now with my kids and, yeah. you know, some kids, they, they capture the vision of that. Right. And, and our, our, my, some of my boys love the fish. Some of them love to shoot ducks, you know, love to shoot, they love to shoot, you know, birds, you know, and, and they love that kind of part of hunting and stuff and, or hiking or whatever it may be. But I just feel so blessed that my dad did that. And I just think it's so important that even dads that are listening now, uh, to take your kids outdoors, you know, and oh, to, yeah. to show them like God's country. Like I, we're in the Sierras this, with this for four days. I just got home last night and just showing them, like you're just out with snow and, and waterfalls and rainbow trout and it's like 
And I think the hard part is that the patience of most parents, you know, it's mm-hmm. they, they get so busy and consumed. And it's like, I always tell folks, when you take your kids fishing, like, don't even bring a rod. Like, just <laughs> for sure, right? Because <laughs> you're never going to fish. Like, yeah. I have four boys. I oh, have do four you really? Boys. Yeah, I have four boys. And, and my oldest is 16, but I was taking them out to the lake when they were, you know, three years old in diapers. And I didn't take a rod, man. I just know, I mean, I'm not fishing. You know, yeah. I have my times when I do fish. When I'm, when I'm with my, my sponsors or when, when I'm guiding, I can fish and do those kind of things. But, you know, I think when you're with your boys or your family or your daughter, whoever it may be, it's like that specific time is for them. And you're going to be playing deckhand. And so I just sit on the chair, man, and I'm just like tying all day, baiting all day, casting. Yeah. And the patience of it, because they're going to they're gonna blow up four or five reels. And you're gonna, you need to bring like six spools of line with you because they're going to wreck it, you know? Yeah. I, but that's all part of the journey, you know, for sure. You know, and I, I love how you're, you know, I think it's so important for people to know the basics of whatever kind of fishing they're doing, you know, just to learn the basics. It's so important um, before they go out there and then what you're doing at Bass Pro and, and helping those people. That's just so cool, man. That's such a cool program they yeah, got going, you know, it is, it is. And I think that Super educating important. people is, you know, capturing people is the hardest thing in today's world as far as capturing your audience. You know, we have, kids have, adults have the best technology in your hand. So for me to go up on stage, because I'm one of the main speakers at a lot of these trade shows, like how am I going to compete against the iPhone? You know, like how <laughs> am I going to, how am I going to compete against the new Netflix series? You know, right. so I have to capture these people and if I'm not excited about it, like, how are they going to be excited about it? And I'm going to have to give them the latest and greatest. You know, I have this saying, it's a $100 bill saying, whenever I talk about a reaction bite, I always say, you know, it's a $100 bill floating down from the ceiling. If if a $100 bill is floating down from the ceiling, are you just going to watch it? And people are like, heck no, I'm going to grab it. I'm like, that's a reaction, you know? Yeah. And so when you give them examples like that and you capture <laughs> your audience, they begin to start to dream like, I could do this, you yeah. know, I could, I could, I can have that fluttered all the hundred dollar bill flutter down, whatever bait it may be. And I'm confident in all the baits that, that, that I fish and working with pure fishing and Berkeley and Abu Garcia. It's something that I'm just so passionate about because I've been approached by different folks, mm-hmm. but I know that the, the, what I'm tying at the end of my line is the best product that we can give these people. And I'm, and I'm just super confident in the things that all the sponsors that I've been with, you know, they're like family to me. Yeah. When you're doing these um, seminars and stuff, are you going to different Bass Pro shops or are you just doing the one in in Rancho uh, Cucamonga? So this year I'm just doing the one in Cucamonga, but we have a lot of trade shows that come through California. We have the, what's called the Bart Hall show now, the Pacific Sport Fishing Show. And I'm a main speaker at all those shows and events. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, um, I've done stuff like, Turner's had me come and do like a lobster thing and different bait stores had me do things. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of, you know, podcasts and I was running for Pacific coast magazine for a while and West North our news. And so I just actually got approached at ICAST to write again for Pacific coast magazine. Nice. Um, Cause there was a point in my life. I was just like, man, I, I told the, the writer, the editor, I'm like, man, I'm just all out of material. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I wrote for like four years. I'm like, I don't even know what to write about. Like I'm not the guy that goes to like, indonesia or like <laughs> hey, i'm like a local guy man and yeah he like passed it off and then he, he hit me up at the at the icast he's like hey man i need you back like i need to get i want to get back socal fishing and kayaks or bass and i said sure so i'm going to start riding for them again um i just been on the road for a lot i've been i've been in florida three times in the last three months oh my gosh with the bird. yeah i just been traveling a lot so uh-huh. i was uh I did, um, with Berkeley, they had me go and do a Walmart event as well in Orlando. And I did that in March. So that was like super cool because I got to, um, do the show with a guy named Tom he's an MLF guy. And then Captain Rick Murphy, who does uh, insights, he does a big fishing show in Florida and Texas. Um, so meeting these new pros and seeing the way people approach, uh, the market as far as speaking and handling their business has been a true blessing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just opens my eyes to like more than just tournament fishing, you know? Yeah. And, and tournament fishing, I mean, 
I was a religious tournament fishing guy. Like I wouldn't miss a tournament until the point where I almost missed the birth of my son. <laughs> and, I, and I realized like I literally got to the hospital. Like r- my mo- my wife called me like right when we launched the boat, we're fishing San Diego Bay, spotted Bay bass tournament. She's like, I'm going to have, the- it was our last kid. She's like, I'm going to have this baby now. And she's like, I can hold on to it until you get home. And I'm like, man, I'm three hours away from home. Like the worst <laughs> tournament ever got to the hospital literally like 15 minutes later he was born and i'm just like man like what am i doing you know yeah um and so i just kind of really reevaluated like what i'm doing and every year i still fish like invitational tournaments i do a tournament for olive crest it's called the olive crest tournament it's it's a instead of doing a golf tournament they mm-hmm. do a fishing tournament and it's on it's on fox sports west i believe um they film the whole thing so that cameras come on your boat and stuff and they were on my, I, I got third one year and then they're on my boat the, the year before or last year they were on my boat. Is uh, it saltwater stuff? Saltwater bass. Yeah. yeah saltwater oh, nice. bass tournament. And, um, so yeah. And then it's funny cause I go from the saltwater right to the Sierras and I, I do, That's uh, awesome. uh, trolling in the Sierras. So my specialty in the Sierras is, well, I do a few different things that people, most people want to be on the kayak yeah. and they want, they want to do like coraline trolling whether in Crawley or Convict. So I have one of the biggest fishes in um, Convict for an opener. I have a 9.6 trout, and it's on a trophy there in the shop. And um, that was caught three years ago. It's funny because I have several trout right under 10. I don't have a 10 yet. Oh, wow. And that one would have been 10, but it was like beef jerky by the time I got it up to the (laughs) the weigh-in. And it was tagged, too. It was a tagged trout. And we the funny story behind that trout was, like, me and my buddies thought it was worth, like, you know, I was going to be able to retire on this fish. And then uh, the lady the lady comes out. It was great. Like, we, we gave her the fish, and she's, like, she's like pumping us up. She's a little older. And she's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, congratulations. This is a big deal. So we see her walking down this, like, long hallway. She's like, congratulations. And me and my buddies were like, whoa. And she's like, you're the lucky winner. And she kind of paused, and she's all... $25 and my buddy just lost it. He couldn't believe it. And we're just like, it's no offense to that. He's like, this guy's a tournament fisherman. And we were sitting here thinking this fish is worth like a grand, you know? Oh my um, God. But it was just so fun. Like just the fact that we, that I caught that fish, I was trolling, like I was trolling, uh, I think I was trolling a flicker shad or a raffle X. I can't remember what I was trolling, but was it a brown? Um, was yeah. it a brown or a rainbow that you caught? It was a rainbow, a and rainbow. it was a stock fish too. So yeah. it, it didn't give me a ton of fight. All my browns come out of uh, crawly, so I do all yeah. the cutthroats. I have cutthroats out of there, big cutthroats, big yeah. German browns. Yeah, and all of that's going to be on the, you know, three four colors like line on round ambassador reels. Mm-hmm. Mostly flicker shad fish or Thomas Boyne fish. Like if I'm going to fish deep, like you know, fishing that lead core, three, four colors, Thomas Buoyant, I'll flash them if I need to flash them. Uh, but yeah, on the Hobie kayak, I have a lot of guys that want to do that. Usually like in the opener, the first few weeks of the season, I get pretty busy up there. This year was different because like there's this snow everywhere. Yeah, Everything was frozen. So, so much water. I ended up, yeah, I ended up just going up there with Berkeley and setting up a tent and just handing out baits to people, just educating people with our team. Yeah. And, and that was still fun, you know. We still it was it was still a blast to educate folks on the new, you know, the, the new mice tails we have out, the garlic mice tails, our, our pinch crawlers, but and all of our dough bait. You know, our dough bait is something mm-hmm. that I like to push on folks because a lot of people um, they don't know how to finesse fish. You know, they want to go out to the lake, they want to relax, and so teaching these people how to dough bait fish is uh, it's not complicated, but there is there is ways to get it done that that they will catch fish on and you'll be surprised guy like like i'll walk the lake and there's folks out there with like 30 pound 25 pound test fishing trout you know right on a bobber <laughs> they're fishing power bait on a bobber and i'm like thinking well those, both those things float you know <laughs> and and my heart goes out to these people because yeah they want to get their kid on a fish of a lifetime for sure or, or it's the other way around. It's like dad leaves the, the rod and reel in the garage for two years with the old line on it, takes it out to the lake. You know, junior hooks up to a, a rainbow trout halfway in, it breaks because he's not educated on reel and rod maintenance, you know? Yeah. And so, so my special, that's where my heart goes out. And when I was, um, 
I was fishing with uh, one of my good friends, uh, Daniel Vega. He came out for an event to the Sierras. He's a Berkeley designer. Um, he designs a lot, helps designs a lot of the trout baits and stuff. And I was explaining to him, like, you know, it's great to, to have a bait and to push a bait on the market, but you need to educate or we need to educate these folks on the type of tackle to use and also the type of maintenance they need to do because what good is a lure if you don't know the rod and reel, right? Mm-hmm. And the rod has to marry the reel, and the reel has to marry the rod. If not, it's going to be a bad marriage somewhere, and there's going to be a breakup, right? It's not a good relationship if you have a saltwater reel and a trout rod. Right. And I, and I try to tell these people in my seminar is that the rod and the reel are going to tell you what they're looking for in a relationship, right? The rod's <laughs> going to have specifics, right? Hey, I'm looking for a four to six pound line i'm a medium action rod and the reel is going to say the same thing right the reel is going to say on the side of it hey i'm a four to six pound reel you know <laughs> i can take that kind of line well guess what that's going to be the perfect marriage for that combo right yeah other than having the reel that holds 10 to 15 pound line on a rod that is capable of four to six pound you yeah. see what i'm saying oh for sure and so educating those folks making it interesting capturing them in those ways it's what's going to get people fishing more. I mean, the fish pictures are great. You know, yeah. I, if you go to my Instagram, I'm at Gil Rocket, G-I-L-R-O-C-K-I-T. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see fish. You know, you'll see big fish. You'll see lobsters. Um, every fish tells a story. But every story behind that picture, there was gear that it was caught on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these folks are just, they just think, oh, I'm going to go out and catch it. I want to catch a big fish. You know, but it's like, it's more than just, hey, what bait were you using? People, that's the number one thing people say when they're fishing. Hey, what was the bait you're using? Well, it's more than the bait. It, it's, the, it's the rod and reel. It's the line. You know, it's the drag. It's all the things that put those fish in the boat. It's not just the bait. The bait is just part of the story. The rest of the story is the rod and the reel, right? Yeah, that's so cool, man. I love, you know, that you're educating people and, and taking that approach. It's super important. So yeah. important. So where are you guiding at? You're, you're actually going up to the Sierras and guiding up yeah. there. And are you guiding on lakes and streams or are you just mostly doing lake stuff up there? Um, well, I'm doing a lot of lake stuff up in the, the Crawley area. But a lot of my guides also come down to saltwater okay. where guys, they want to get more familiar with their kayaks and they want to catch bass. So a lot of my audience is um, saltwater bass. They want to catch calico bass, sand bass spotted bay bass um i did a guide i think it was last year the year before i guided it was really cool i got to guide chris shiflett from the food fighters oh awesome yeah he's just like a cool dude man like saltwater guy loves bass fishing um i spent more time on the dock with him just going over just like what we talked about gear yeah yeah did anything like because he just he he just couldn't believe like he just wanted to just go out and catch fish you know, yeah. he's like, hey, I see you're a tournament guy. I see you have tournament wins. I see you educate. I want to know. Of course, he wants to know in a setting where it's private, right? Sure. And I get it. He, he wants to be there at 6 in the morning when nobody's around. And so we spent a lot of time in dock and we went out and caught fish. You know, I told him how to do different finesse fishing. We're fishing Berkeley curl tail grubs um, on on scampi heads, lead master scampi heads. And he had a blast and he's just like, man, I, you know, I know how to do this now and I can take it. So a lot of guys, they want to get on a, they want to get on a kayak. You know, that's the thing now is like California, everything's just like super expensive, like gas expensive, registration's expensive, all yeah. these things are expensive and people want to go fishing at a low cost, but they want to get on the water. So kayak fishing has changed the market and we knew it was going to happen because you look on a if you look on a kayak, there's nowhere to put gas in it. You know, yeah. the, you don't you don't have to you don't have to put it in a boat. You know, get put on a trailer. You know, you can throw in the back of your truck. Yep. You know, you don't have to like after you're done fishing, you don't have to say, hey, we got to wash the boat, right? Yeah. You just you just it's made of plastic. You just throw on the side of your house. You know, hose it down <laughs> right. if you want. You know, yeah. throw down some wheels. You know, you take all your accessories off and you put them back on. Like I rig my kayak at home. I put it in the back of my truck and I take it off the same way it's rigged. And I and I put it back in my truck the way I'll take it off the lake. You know, and yeah. and sometimes I just pull it in my back and I just leave it there for a couple of days. I just don't want to deal with it. You know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we have all these things now. We have the fish finders and the bait tanks. And I just got with Torquedo. So Torquedo is like an actual motor. So they came out from, I think, Maryland or something to put the motor on my Le- kayak. Electric? 
Yeah, an electric motor, man. So Pitching. this thing is this thing is wild, man. So the same uh, guy that installed Mike Iconelli's, uh Jeff Little, started, uh, Mike Iconelli's, uh motor. He installed mine at our shop, and we did a video. It's on my it's on my YouTube channel. I Gil Rocket again the installation, okay. um, and this kayak goes like seven miles an hour. And on a kayak, you may think like listeners may be thinking like, oh, seven miles an hour, that's not a big deal. But in a kayak, you feel like you're going sixty miles an hour. <laughs> really? um, and it does like donuts and it's like the craziest thing. And I control what, what's really cool about it is that I control at a trolling speed for like 12 to 14 hours. Wow. Uh, and so that's a good charge. I, oh my goodness. And, and like I took it up to Big Bear uh, right before I left for Florida and I actually took my Mirage drive with me. That's the pedals for my kayak and didn't even use them. Like it, yeah. I just felt like I was cheating the whole time. I'm like, this is awesome and it, but of course you know being in california you have to register your kayak i think it was like 50 bucks or something too because i had to put cf members on my kayak oh you do huh that's okay yeah and that's the bummer part yeah. because a lot of people are like and then when you go to the dmv they kind of look at you like you're strange like where's your boat and i'm like no it's a kayak and they just don't, it's just like <laughs> so i was literally at the dmv for like two hours like trying to explain myself to the dmv lady what i was doing and she finally like let it happen mm -hmm. but yeah having cf numbers on um the motor comes on and off it's easy um and it is like a total game changer for me because what's really cool about this motor is like i can actually tow like two kayaks in with it wow so wow which helps That's me cool. my guide service because oh, for sure. i could take I can take folks out and if they tire out, I can, I can bring them back in and I can get even further that I want now. And so one thing that I do in my guide service is when I take people saltwater fishing is I actually drop uh, lobster buoys with no, with no uh, trap, just with the, with the, with the weight. Yeah. And, um, I mark structure for oh, okay. them. And so they basically, the guessing games out of it because they have a fish finder and teach them how to use it. But it's, I just drop, lobster buoys all along the structure and i basically tell them hey this is the structure you fish around this buoy you're going to catch a fish so what it allows me to do now is um drop more buoys and get back to my client a little bit quick uh quicker yeah uh, so that i can hang out with them because it takes it, it makes it easier for me because before i was like sweating man i'm just like <laughs> working meddling, out. <laughs> like heck i'm trying to like like drop buoys, get back to the guy. He's hooked up with the bass, and I'm trying to help him out, and he gets tangled. And then, and now it's like this motor. I'm just zipping around. That's awesome. Uh, which is just super cool, um, and it helps me to spend more time with the person to um, teach him how to uh, do these certain things. Because I was just out with a guy a few weeks back, and um, just sharing with him the different ways and the different ways we fish the different tides, and how I, how I finesse fish the bottom of the ocean and he didn't understand it but once i was teaching him how to do it he was just catching fish left and right and he goes oh my gosh he's like you just opened a whole new world of like how to fish this place you know yeah uh, and i leave away with something more than of course getting paid you know i leave more with like i got a happy guy who's gonna hopefully pass this on to somebody else you know yeah and where do you guide out of like what's your area that you guide in the, so, in the saltwater area so that's a good question. So the shop I fish for, Pure Water Sports in Dana Point, we have our own dock. Okay. So we're we're on the water in the ship harbor. So um, I actually store a lot of my kayaks there uh, during the season. Uh -huh. And I just make it, the, the cool thing about that shop is you can store your kayak there and you can just make a phone call. And the employees there would take your kayak down and actually put it on the dock for you. Oh, so nice. What, ha what this allows people to do is people that have like, Camrys or smaller cars that don't have trucks, yeah. they can purchase the kayak, uh, purchase a spot, a storage spot, and then have the access to all the bathrooms, the showers, and have their kayak down at the dock just with the phone call. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, it's one of the greatest services. And so all my usually, unless somebody wants to go elsewhere, like, hey, I want to fish Newport or San Diego or the Sierras, um, but most people are like, if they want to fish saltwater bass, I'm like, oh, let's go to Dana Point. You know, um, okay. I, we got the parking, we got the pass, we got yeah. the dock, we have, we have everything. We have, you know, all the private stuff there. And not only that, um, we're probably one of the number one shop in, in Southern California. We have all the accessories that anyone needs as far as like, I mean, I'm talking rod holders, this is in life jacket. This is in Dana Point. Dana Point, yeah, yeah Dana yeah. Point, California, yeah, pure yeah. water sports. And so yeah. it's like, once I take a client out, 
most of the time they are like, I want to buy a kayak. Well, it's like, we're already at the shop, you know? Perfect. So it's like, we have kayaks on the, sh- on the floor. We have all the accessories or say they have their own kayak. Yeah. And they say, man, yo, I really like that rod holder you had. Where can I get it? Well, let me just walk you in the shop. It's right here on the wall. Yeah. You know? Perfect. Um, and that's the beauty of having the shop. And Tim Boyer is the shop owner. He is, he, he was my very first sponsor. He like took a chance with me. Thank God for him. And he's still to this day, he's like family and his, his son, Chris Boyer, uh, he, he runs the shop down in Oceanside. So pure water sports in Oceanside. So we have two shops, Oh, okay. the Oceanside store in San Diego, and then our Dana point location, pure water sports in Dana point. Wow. So take me through like, uh, like what it is, what it's like for you to, you know, go fishing for the sand bass and the, and the calico, like when you go out of Dana point there are you like fishing the break wall there or are you going out and you're paddling out a little ways and finding kelp beds and structure is that, is that yeah i'm fishing out? structure yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm using uh I'm, I'm usually fishing deeper water so being a lobster fisherman i kind of have the advantage because wherever the lobster are you're going to find the bass you know so uh-huh. i'm fishing anything from 90 feet of water to 30 feet of water um and now, and I use a lot of the Navionics apps, you know, as far as like looking um, the apps on my phone that will sync with my fish finder. So I, I literally do homework the night before to find stones. Okay. And, and this helps me because um, in the wintertime when I'm lobster hooping, um, it gives me the advantage, right? Those apps like the Navionics apps to look for those structures. So I'm going out there. A typical day would be go out there. I usually start fishing in the shallower water. For me, shallower water is like 30 feet, which most people are like, that's shallow water to you. Uh-huh. So 30, <laughs> fishing like ounce and a half scampi heads, Lightmaster scampi heads on curly tail grubs, Berkeley curly tail grubs. And I like the Berkeley tail grub. I don't fish live bait. Yeah. Very, I mean, I can't tell you last time I fished live bait, everything's going to be on a plastic or a spoon of some sort. But, the curly tail grub is like probably the number one bait for me. I mean, any of my YouTube videos, you're going to see a curly tail grub. That, that curly tail on those things, that just gives it so much action, huh? And it just drops. Oh, yeah. It drops because it's like a, almost like a jig head and it drops down yep. straight down. Is that what's going on? Yep. Just that yeah. curly tail action on it. And then, yeah. of course, match, matching the hatch, whether we have the, you know, the rev crab in or whether we have a mackerel going through or a sardine. Um, I kind of match the hatch with that. And then I start fishing this structure. And basically what I'm doing is um, I do a lot of dragging bait. So I will, I will cast, drop, and I'm constantly winding. So like I'm constantly keeping my, boot, my bait moving in the water. Yeah. But reeling at the same time, I always tell my clients that if you stop winding, you're going to get stuck. Because what it is, it's, it's, it's a sewer pipe. And it's covered with rocks all the way down. We call it the pipe. But then yeah. off, off that pipe, there are just random boulders. And so a lot of folks fish the pipe, but I like to go off and fish the random spots, the random p- rock piles um, or holes that I find on the Navionics app. And then I start from tw- 30 feet, and I kind of do that. I just up my lead to almost sometimes three ounces, two ounces, two and a half ounces. Okay. And I fish that 90 feet of water um for those sand bass and it's it's a great it's it's great fishing you know yeah uh, i do extreme stuff too with people where like we'll troll baits along the coast like in pochies down south like right off, i'm like right off the beach we're like hanging out with the surfers mm-hmm. and we smash the calico bass that way throwing the a-rigs or just throwing plastics in like five feet of water um one tournament i was fishing it had to been like less than four feet of water and i stuck like a six and a half pounds calico bass wow it was the big it was the big fish for the tournament that's an old but, fish too right and when they get that oh big, yeah super yeah, old yeah, yeah super old i don't know the exact growth ratio on it but i know yeah. it's older than me yeah. um but it's funny because that particular day i'm casting next to like the surfers right and then the guy on the beach the coast the lifeguards telling me that i to get out because it's super dangerous because of the the swell but mm-hmm. Calico bass fishermen do some crazy stuff, man. I mean, I've had, I flip, I, I used to go on mothership trips where we take our kayak on a boat and they take us out to San Clemente Island or, or Catalina Island. Yeah. And I remember fishing San Clemente Island on a kayak and I flipped my kayak fishing calico bass. And, <laughs> Did you? And 
and because we're fishing boiler rocks, you know. Yeah. And and the, the crazy thing about it is, uh, we, my wife's like, "Hey, uh, we're not going to do the kit thing anymore." So I was like, oh, "I'm going to go get you know get that fixed. I'm going to go get the old snip. You know, no more kids." So I went and, I went and got snipped, no more kids. And the uh-huh. doctor, I told the doctor, I said, hey, man, I got this trip I'm going on. This I have this uh, kayak trip, San Clemente Island. Is it okay if I go? He goes, oh, yeah, you can go as long as you don't get wet. Oh, boy. I said, oh, I'm never going to get wet. So I remember fishing this boiler rock, and I'm just trying to catch these, and I'm sticking some big bass because I have bass all the way to big bass in uh, San, Mar- um, San Martin Island. I mean, I fished all the islands in my kayak wow. for calico bass. So I'm fishing San Clemente Island, this boiler rock. My buddy, my buddy Ken's watching me, and he's watching the swell come in. And I say, hey, man, the big swell comes in, let me know. So we're watching each other's back. So he says, big swell's coming in. So I wind up, and I'm getting ready to go over the swell, but I left my, my plastic in the water, like, like no lie, like a, like a foot and a half. And this bass grabs it and flips me completely over. And I'm just like, oh, my – I mean, I have – I at one point looked up underwater and I saw all my rods on leashes, like puppets, you know, dancing. And um, I pop up and I still have my flip flops on my feet. I still have my sunglasses on my hat <laughs> and um, I'm fighting this fish in the water. And wow. my buddy's like, are you okay, man? And, and the swells are still coming over me and I'm whining on this fish. Cause I think this fish is like this record breaking fish, you know? And, um, my buddy's like, are you going to hit your life jacket? And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm not going to hit my life jacket because the stinking CO2 is like $10, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I think my life at one point, I'm like, I think my life is worth more than $10. So <laughs> I hit the stinking life jacket. And that thing, I don't know if you've ever hit one of those CO2. I haven't. I've never. I've had them on, oh, but I've never man. used it. Oh, man. Then you hit that thing. I thought my head was going to pop off. <laughs> it inflated It inflated so fast. It, it, it about knocked my teeth out, man. Really? But How funny. It, it, my buddy came alongside and he's a hemi a rod. He goes, oh my gosh, there's a fish on there. And it was only like four pounds. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, he went through all this pain and suffering. I had to tell my doctor, like I fell in the water now and I had to go back to the boat. It was this big old dramatic scene. But uh, yeah, man, yeah. just fishing the, this fishing this structure. But I've caught in Calico Bass in the kayak. I fished uh, Toro Santos, San Martin Island, Catalina Island, San Clemente Island. Uh, we went out. The best calico fishing I've done on an island has got to be San, San Martin Island in Mexico. Really? I mean, it seemed like every fish I was catching there was over six pounds. Every calico bass oh, I was man, catching. Oh, man, that must be fun. Hey, oh, hey, it was a blast. So check this out, man. I'm going to ask you this question. So uh, a friend of mine goes kayak fishing all the time, but he's up in the uh, you know uh, Morro Bay area. Okay. And um, him and his buddy go out and – his buddy really hasn't uh, been um, kayak fishing all that much, but he, this guy, this friend of mine, got him to come out with him, and he knew this spot. He had GPS this structure that was offshore quite a ways, you know. And so there, it's it's foggy. It's super early in the morning, and um, he looks back and he's telling his buddy, "Just follow me, you know. It's not too much further out, you know." And so they're mm-hmm. they're cruising out there, and my friend looks looks back at his buddy and he's getting lifted out of the water by a great white oh no yeah <laughs> completely out of the water falls out of the water and and my buddy goes back and paddles back over to him and gets his kayak upright and they huddled the kayaks together you know and, and nothing else happened but has anything like that ever happened to you like where you've had close calls no. or anything you know, I have been out and I've told, cause that's like the number one question that people, Hey, do you see, <laughs> sure. do you see a shark? Like, do you see sharks out there? And I'm like, the tax man, you know, like I haven't, but I've been out before fishing. Yeah. Like, cause I'm so focused on my fish finder and then there's something bumps my boat. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And it's happened like once or twice and I never think anything of it, but I always think to myself, like, Wonder what that if was. I see sea lions around me, I, I'm okay. Yeah. Right. But there are times when there are no sea lines around, you know? Yeah. And I'm always like, well, I'm out here by myself, like mm-hmm. I'm on my radio, but what if I get <laughs> over? Like what happens, you know? Yeah. So there's always that. Sure. I mean, I guess doing extreme things. I remember it's being a guy fishing San Clemente one time and I was fishing right in the kelp and it was a little calm and I saw a sea lion and it was pretty much bit in half. <laughs> and I was just like, that's just not good. Like, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I, and you just kind of, the hair kind of stand up on your arms, you're like looking around like, 
okay, you know? And I think that a lot of times that's what keeps people out of the open ocean yeah. and they like to be in the bay. Yeah. But I mean, we get struck by lightning, right? Like right, there's a yeah. lot of the things that can happen and, and I would hate to be eaten by a shark. I mean, who would, you know, I mean, I'm too, <laughs> I, I think I'm too bony and gamey anyways. I don't <laughs> right. But we did have a season a few seasons ago where we had a lot of great whites in like yeah. along the beaches and yeah. a lot of them were smaller and they're feeding on, you know, crayfish and you know that stuff that feeds off the bottom yeah yeah then they're kind of leaving you alone but i saw a big one once you know and i was like okay it's time to go in and i guess for me now that's where the motor comes in right yeah (laughs) absolutely i'm out of here (laughs) i'm zipping back in man seven miles an hour um but oh i'm always being alert you know people told me one time in my videos are like hey man you know watch your videos on youtube and you're you're always looking around like and i'm like yeah man i'm looking I'm looking around all the time, you know, because I don't know if boats. a boat's going to hit me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if a shark. I don't, I mean, I, I gotta be alert, you know, I'm a tiny little boat in a big ocean, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always, I mean, and you think of anything that we do, right? Like if you go to the Sierras or, you know, if you sure. fish a stream and, and there, there's a monsoon that hits, you could be swept away, you know? And like, I mean, there's all kinds of things. Um, I tell these to folks as far as kayak fishing, but, Nothing too crazy. I did one time catch a baby sea lion. Um, oh my god, really? <laughs> it was like the tiniest thing, and what scared the heck? Because I'm that was a good fight. I bet <laughs> it was a great fight. It was yeah. a great fight. But the problem was, was this baby was just squealing oh, the whole time. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, mama's close by. Yeah, like mama's probably weighing 500 pounds. Yep. just gonna annihilate me and to be honest with you i'm more afraid of the of our of our california sea lion uh seals than yeah. than anything you know because they're pretty vicious too you know but sure. i got that little guy in hook no problem but i was like my head was on a swivel for sure you know because i'm thinking okay mama's around somewhere and she's gonna like it's gonna be the mama bear moment right oh my gosh that's crazy so what about lobster? Are you are you doing that commercially or just kind of for fun or how does that work? I, I do it. I guide on it as well. Okay. Um, so I'm like the main. I'm like the spokesman video guy for Poromar Ahi USA. So they actually mm-hmm. took me out this year to ICAST. So I do a lot of the how-to tutorials. We have one of the a lot of views actually on our Lobster 101 video on YouTube, okay. um, and I host all those. And so I teach folks how to, and this last year we did a kayak video, how to lobster and a kayak, the basics of basically from rigging, from basically leaving the dock to rigging to even that night we invited like 15 kayakers out to hoop and just got like some great footage of lobster footage. Um, At night? At night, yeah. They're nocturnal, so we, we usually typically start our day. I like to drop my hoops like... 45 minutes or so before sundown and i soak them in california here you can take uh for a kayak you can take five nets and for a boat you can take 10 if you have one or more persons on it so basically if you're fishing by yourself you can take five nets so on my kayak i take five nets now five nets is a lot for most folks like most folks that are getting into kayak uh, uh lobster fishing in a kayak i always say like take one or two nets because it's a lot of work like lobster fishing kicks your butt, you know, because basically I do 20 to 25 minutes soak times. So I always tell people, imagine dropping a, a hoop, you know, 40 feet with the buoy on with rope and a, and a lobster trap, a Promar a ambush net, either a 32 or a 36 inch net. Imagine dropping five of those and then every 20 minutes checking them. So the, the soak time is 20 to 25 minutes. So you pull your first net and let's say you have, lobster because usually you have a lot of lobster in it but a lot of them are short so now you're measuring lobster right you're measuring these lobster trying to see and you're looking at the clock and now 35 40 minutes has gone by because now you have to rebate rethrow it so then you go pick up your next net so you're 20 minutes behind and then just keeps playing on so by the time you pick up number five you're like an hour over right right and it just and it's just going all night long so I always tell people like, Hey, like start out with a couple of nets because even for myself, I can get a net out pretty quick and I can measure. And I just have a visual now officer. Like I know when one's short, so I'm just tossing them out. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, the newbie, he, he has to get his gauge on it because the fishing game wardens here, they don't mess around. 
Yeah. Like, there, a lot of people get ticketed for short lobster. One thing California loves, they love their lobster. Oh, you yeah. Know? And so they're going to make sure that, that it's, it's legal. And I always tell people, I never keep a legal lobster. And they're like, what do you mean a legal lobster? I'm like, it has to be over legal for me to keep it. Yeah. Like, if it's a legal lobster on the gauge, it's going right back. I say, because the, the reason why is that the longer you hold that lobster in your hand, even if it's like a tad bit short, the longer you hold that lobster in your hand, you're going to convince yourself that it's legal. And so <laughs> right. You've got to get rid of it as quick as you can, because the longer you hold it, it's going to go in your bait tank, right? <laughs> and so we usually typically do it on a tide movement. So we, I base my lobster fishing off the tide in the moon face. Mm -hmm. So lobsters don't like bright moons. Um, but there are situations where lobster fishing would do okay in a bright moon, whether you're fishing like a dock or in the harbor a lot mm -hmm. of people, like in Long Beach Harbor, there's a lot of lights there, so the moon doesn't really affect them. But oh. open water, like in a point in Newport, it really affects them. And so I will go out on, on a full moon if there's an overcast day, um, like there's, if there's going to be some rain coming in, where there, there's going to be a lot of cloud cover. But if it's just clear skies and a bright moon, I've tried to prove people wrong several times on the moon, and it, it, the moon has got me every single time. Mm -hmm. And so I base it on the darkest night, and the most water movement mm. as, as far as tide. And, it, and everything crawls differently. We call it the crawl. Whether it's an in, Some places do better on an on a outgoing tide or an incoming tide. And so Newport, Long Beach, Dana Point, they all kind of have the similar tide movements where like they both do well on incoming and outgoing. And there's two crawls. So when the night, in the first part of the night when the sun sets, uh, they, they crawl out to feed and then they crawl back. And so that crawl back is going to be more in the later part of the night. And so these things are scavengers. I mean, you you drop a net and then like you literally can drop a net 20 minutes later, drop a net, pull it. There'll be one lobster, drop it. 20 minutes later, you have a, a basketball lobster, you know. Wow. And, and that's how quick they're getting on that bait. And I've been using um, the bite on scent. Um, Tony, he's a guy that's created the bite on scent for a lobster fishing and it's just basically a marinade that you marinate your bait in uh -huh. and it puts up just so much scent in the water like an oily pattern that just draws these lobster they just can't resist your... huh oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy you know and you can soak it in sponges and different things like that and what's cool about the promar product is that we have our sea lion bait cage which is it those sea lions are out there just destroy the night they they if you just have a regular wire cage they're just going to either crush it eat all the food out of it and oh, so really? promar has yeah promar has come up with a design with the sea lion bait cage where these sea lions can't get to it and it and it before i was rebaiting like i would have to take like three ziploc bags of like one gallon ziploc bags of bait and now i'm like hardly ever rebaiting because between just my old bait and then just putting like some bite on scent in and the uh and the, the cage there the seal bait cage it's enough to get me through the night and so Educating these folks too. I do a lot of education. I do a lot of lobster seminars. Uh -huh. Lobster when hooping sem hooping season comes around, I basically do. I go on tour, <laughs> and it's like I'm gone like every other weekend, speaking for Promar about lobster and doing educational videos of our new product and just to get people lobster fishing as well because it's a great night. I mean, you go out there, drop a couple hoop nets, and you can even fish at night. And and you know, there's nothing yeah. like harvesting your own lobster, right? And yeah. And you see these lobster tails in the grocery store, and they're, like, so tiny. And I'm, like, thinking, man, that's not a legal lobster. But, of course, they're farmed, you know? Yeah. But you, you catch a legal California spiny lobster, it's a big lobster tail. Yeah. Delicious. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure delicious. So you're doing that in a boat, I'm, I'm assuming. You're, no, I'm doing uh, You're in your kayak doing that. Yes. At night. My At night. Yeah, oh, with the man. headlamp on. Stud. <laughs> <laughs> with the headlamp on. And fighting sea lions, and um, oh my you know, god, I get I, I can tell you stories, man. Of I, uh, I bet, uh, you know, eels the eels love the bait in a, in a, in a lobster cage, you know, a lobster trap. And uh -huh. so, I always tell these guys I go with, I'm like, listen, man, and in my seminars and my videos too, like, do like before you pull in a kayak, before you pull the net, because you have to pull the net on your lap, right? You know, to, to go through the, the catch of the day. And these folks I take out, they're so excited. They, they feel the thumping of, of the lobster thumping around there, and they just pull it up, and they drop it on their lap. And I've had eels in the net bite guys 
right between the legs. Oh, my God. I've had Sculpin sting people right between the legs. Oh and if you don't God. know what Sculpin is out there yeah. in radio, and it's basically a poisonous fish with poisonous spines like 10 times worse than a bee sting. And, and just, they're just screaming, ah! Oh, no. they, and they, there's nothing really you can do, you know, because the closer you fish to that break wall, because that's where lobsters are. They're, they're, they're in the break yeah. wall, but you, you got to know the boundaries because the closer you get to that break wall, you're more susceptible to get that eel. Right. And right. I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I've had some eels in there that just scared the life out of me. Like they're so, are they I, big? I have, are they, how big are they? Oh, they get, they, the biggest one. I mean, I had one curled up. It had to been like three and a half feet. Wow. Big old head on it, like hissing at me, just hated me. And I'm just, bro, I didn't want to catch you. Like, you think yeah. I really want to catch you? You like, and so what you do is too is like, and it's the funny thing is, is like, usually there's a big lobster mixed in with that eel. And I'm like, I'm never even going to grab that lobster. So you just send him back down. You work the net back and forth until that's, that, that eel swims out, you know? Yeah. Oh, but you're catching octopus. I mean, at night you catch the craziest things, man. You catch octopus, you catch, you know, sculpin, and you got this octopus like crawling around your kayak stuck to your leg. You know, yeah. and that's always fun trying to get an octopus off you. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the octopus get pretty big too. Oh yeah, there's some big ones, man. And yeah. I mean, but I don't want to have anything to do with those things, those man. Things it's are, like I'm go lobster hooping, you know, and catch lobster. But you know, at night you catch all the the creepy crawlers too, man. But as far as, <laughs> you know, when I'm in a boat, it's it's so much it's funner because like you know I can walk around the boat and. When yeah. you get an eel, it's kind of exciting. And then when you're in a kayak, you're like, oh, oh man, yeah. That's and then when you have, it's one thing to have a sea lion chase you and mess with your nets in a boat. And it's another thing to have a sea lion mess with you when you're in a kayak, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, you hear this, these, it's completely dark around you, and you hear these random splashes. And then you turn your headlamp around you, and you just see these glowing eyes. <laughs> and it, the glowing eyes just disappear underwater. <laughs> and then you realize that he's coming after you, you know? Yeah. And he usually pops up right next to you because he knows you have bait in your boat, in your kayak. Yeah. He knows you have bait in your kayak. And he, they put their big old flippers on your kayak and they try to hunch over to grab your bait. Wow. So it's just a wild scene. He is, you know, smack him over the head to paddle. I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings by saying that. But <laughs> give him a good little whack and then they kind of. They yeah. kind of leave you alone for the night, but they kind of follow you around, and you just kind of hope that they go pick on somebody else. What a trip, man. That's so cool. Yeah, but it's great, man. And I think that's another benefit of the kayak is, like, getting out there, the ease of it, right? You can launch it from any shoreline, any beach, any dock. You, yeah. you can put five nets on it, you know, no problem. You can, you can lobster out of it. You can troll for trout. You can doe bait out of it. You can, you know, you can, you know the yeah. things you can do with the kayak is just it's just it's unbelievable so do you have any s seminars coming up soon or anything that people can go and see you yeah i'm actually going to be this saturday i'll be at bass pro shop at two o'clock doing a introduction to kayak fishing so, so that's I'll be that's uh um the fifth right yes okay yes okay the, and then what, what about what about after that after that i gotta talk i'm trying to think right now what i have I have my wife as my secretary. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been communicating with her. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, she she books me out, and yep. so she because I used to book my own stuff, and then I was double booking myself. I I would see this random people. I'm like, yeah, let's do that, and she's like, you just double booked yourself. So <laughs> as this last year, I've been I've been super blessed. I've been I've been really busy, which has been good. Yeah, that's that's. And I've have I've been pulled every which way with uh, either with pure fishing. Or Promar, any of the sponsors. I've been traveling a lot. Like I said, getting yeah. on a plane, traveling, doing a lot of stuff outside of California. But um, so who, all my stuff will be on my website. Okay, cool. Who are all your sponsors? If you want to give them a shout out. Oh man, so yeah, let's let's, let's start from the top, and I hope I don't miss anybody. But yeah. Pure Fishing, of course, uh, Berkeley, Abu Garcia, um, Aaron. Aaron in, uh, is one of my main guys there here in Southern California. And he was the he was the guy actually hooked me up with this. Yeah, yeah, really I know Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron's awesome. He's a good dude, man. Um, uh, so Berkeley, Bugarcia, Spiderwire, Plano, and then I'm with Hobie Polarized, uh, Ram Trucks, uh, Lead Masters, uh, Lead. Um, I'm also with Hobie Kayaks, Bass Pro Shop, 
Promar, Ahi USA, and I do stuff with uh, Afco. Uh-huh. And so, and yeah, and I do some Lorant stuff too, but those are pretty much my main sponsors. So does, um, so does Ram like throw down a truck for you kind of a deal? Yeah, so Ram's Ram's awesome. a cool deal. Ram is a very cool deal. So like they they hooked me up with my first truck and then they support me throughout the year. Wow. And then they also do um the way I got on it, which is a really cool thing. I'm actually glad you talked about this is they do it I do a charity with them. So one of the charities I do with them is called the Halo Project. And the Halo Project is taking inner city kids fishing. And so these nice. kids these kids are in foster homes that have been abused by, by family members. So a member in their family has abused them, whether sexually abused them, physically abused them. And so a lot of these kids have a lot of damage um, emotionally. And yeah. so I'm able to take these kids fishing nice, and then able to take them to the store and get them a, get them a burger at the restaurant at Bass Pro Shop show them the fish feeding, have them fit, feed the fish, show them behind the scenes of the store, oh. but also do an event for them where we take them out to a lake and they catch trout and I get some volunteers. And so Ram has been a big part of that. And Billy Mack there at Victorville Motors, and now he's down here in Fontana at the Ram dealership here, has been a big supporter of mine. So he supports me financially. And then he also blesses me with this charity where I can actually do a lot of donations. So like, Bass Pro Shop every year. They do hams for their employees, and then I get to, I get all the hams that they don't use, and so I get to donate the hams to these needy families nice. um, at this at this orphanage. So they get to have a ham dinner for Christmas, and so that is like one of my joys is just uh, blessing folks with because you know growing up I didn't have these things you know and I know how it is to not to not have you know the things that to have sure. someone take you somewhere and do these things so ram is a supporter of that and of course they do all the benefits of like all oh, the oil changes and the brakes and they do all that yeah. stuff for me oh, but so cool, at man. the end of the day the one of the coolest things they do for me is they they hooked me up with this amazing charity that I get to be involved with and the halo project that's so cool man so people want to find you can you give out your socials and all that stuff so they yeah 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 i'm on facebook and instagram at gil rocket that's g-i-l-r-o-c-k-i-t or just get me at rocketfishing.com that's r-o-c-k-i-t fishing.com and they're on my website too you'll see a line if you go to events everywhere i'm going to be i usually speak once to twice a month um and during the show month i'm like speaking all the time and then there's times too where i would speak out of state and i might even be in your state or a, a bass pro shop or an event speaking in your area too perfect man and so people want to go on a guided trip just just go to your website yeah just go to just go to the website there and um it, it'll it'll direct you to um everything from the website it'll teach you it'll tell you how to do the guide and contact us um we're also coming out with apparel uh, shirts and stickers so that'll be all here hopefully pretty soon we put the order in uh, a few weeks ago so we should be getting our shirts now this has been a, a big request that people like hey uh, we want you know the swag and the first shirt that i'm coming out with is an anniversary shirt of my angle of the year in 2009 so it's all cool. traditional tattoo art and it's going to be based around san diego bay and so it's going to have the you know the flags and it's going to have the 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 monument at Shelter Island on the on the shirt. And it's a really cool shirt, um, and I'm super excited to get it out because it's just kind of my testimony of how I got started and how this all started for me. So, oh, that sounds awesome, man. Gil, what a pleasure, man! So so good to meet you and have you on my podcast and and learn about your world and your fishing. And I'm super stoked that you're doing all that stuff for people and educating people and speaking and all that, man. I, I'm really looking forward to meet you in person and and uh, hopefully have you on my podcast again. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, man. All glory to God, of course. And, and maybe I'll catch you at Bass Pro Shop, man, in September. Yeah, for sure. I'll be speaking over there September 9th. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks again, Gil. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. It's a guy jeans podcast.
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.